The novel Normal People, which was first published in 2018, is the second book of Irish author Sally Rooney. The Guardian referred to her as a 27-year-old novelist defining a generation. As soon as the book became available, it instantly gained popularity. It was longlisted for the 2018 Booker Prize and won the Best Novel category in the 2018 Costa Book Awards. It was also longlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2019. A TV series based on the novel premiered on BBC Three and Hulu in 2020. The protagonists of the novel, Marianne and Connell, are teenagers who attend the same secondary school in County Sligo in northwestern Ireland and later move to Dublin as students of Trinity College. The story is built around their complex on and off relationship and its development throughout the time. Rooney describes them as the two people who, over the course of several years, apparently could not leave one another alone. One could easily say this book is about formative years, simply coming of age or romantic fiction. Technically, that would be right, but also, or more so, we could freely claim that, in its essence, the novel is a meticulous observation or even a study of how one human being can have an immense, intense power over another, and how that power is especially weird, disorienting, frightening, and almost impossible to navigate at a young age, at a time when we are simultaneously caught up in strong web of other powerful influences like ideologies, parents, friends, and society. We are often taught that feeling incomplete without another person is a sign of weakness, that we should strive for autonomy, pragmatism, personal success, and strength. Our consciousness is soaked in narcissistic, individualistic way of thinking, but as soon as we face the slightest crisis, everything seems to crumble because we realize how badly we need others and how strongly we are influenced by them. Not only are we not independent, but we are in fact dependent on one another for everything on both the personal and systemic level. Yet we live in times when the logistics of romantic relationships are not supposed to be hard, obsessive, or possessive in any shape or form. So the power that we might feel others have on us or that we have on them becomes terrifying. It invades our daily life, disturbs everything that makes us normal, shatters our stability, and may make us feel perverted, ashamed, mental, not like everyone else. In his book, The Art of Loving, sociologist Eric Fromm explores love in the context of contemporary culture, capitalism, and liberalism. He mentions that our whole culture is based on the appetite for buying, on the idea of a mutually favorable exchange. He claims that modern man's happiness consists in the thrill of looking at the shop windows and buying all that he can afford to buy. He or she looks at people in a similar way Fromm argues that the mature response to the problem of existence is love, but love is not just a relationship to a specific person. It is an attitude, an orientation of character, which determines the relationship of a person to the world, not towards one object of love. Fromm claims that if love is real, a person cannot love just one other and be indifferent to the rest of the world. In this case, it would be just a primitive symbiotic attachment or egotism. Fromm concludes that the main condition for the achievement of love is the overcoming of one's narcissism. Fromm asks the question similar to the one that Rooney seems to be asking. If our culture rewards egotism and narcissism, how shall we transcend ourselves? If our culture is alienating, how shall we fully grasp and have courage for intimacy, human closeness, love, 
and passion in all its shades. While reading the novel, it almost feels like the author randomly zooms into the lives of ordinary, normal people through exploring this concrete couple's lives, through observing the beauty and difficulties of their relationship, and how external powers influence them, the novel asks a simple but also infinitely hard question. How could people be together and love one another in our times? Marianne and Connell's relationship persists throughout years, but takes many different forms. In school, due to the fear of losing popularity and being disapproved of, Connell is embarrassed to tell his friends about Marianne. She is considered a loner, an outsider, and Connell seems to be extremely sensitive to what other people think of him, and therefore terrified of judgment. Marianne, on the other hand, is much more mature, although, like everyone, she is bothered by other people's perception. She is not completely defined and paralyzed by them. It seems like her defense mechanism is to instantly reject people who reject her, but as a young woman she is even more despised because of it. The general expectation of society is for a woman to want to please others. A young woman who seems to be rebelling against societal norms is unnatural, almost threatening. Even her mother believes that Marianne lacks warmth, by which she means the ability to beg for love from people who hate her. As Connell and Marianne continue to meet in secret, their relationship deepens. Marianne seems quite understanding about Connell's low self-esteem and fear of confessing to his friends, but the situation becomes more complex as they naturally reach the point where hiding feels absurd and Connell has to choose something concrete. Even if Connell likes meeting Marianne in secret and seems to be falling in love with her, even if being alone with her feels like opening a door away from normal life and then closing it behind him, even if their relationship reaches the point of absolute trust and a desire for total communication, a sense that everything unsaid is an unwelcome interruption, the fear of social disapproval still often overweights his feelings. After telling Marianne he loves her right before the prom night, he still gets scared at the last moment and invites a popular girl among his friend group instead of Marianne. But the reason Connell is scared is not only his friend's judgment, but also a general fear of being truly close to someone, letting someone know you, feeling power over someone, and letting them have power over you. His attraction for her feels as terrifying as an oncoming train, so in panic he throws her under it. Later they meet at Trinity College, away from their hometown, as students, after not having spoken to each other since summer. Their roles are almost reversed. In the context of the elitist university, social class starts to play a huge role and determines their group of friends. Marianne comes from an upper middle class family, so she fits in quite easily, unlike Connell. Even if Marianne could simply ignore him and act like she doesn't even know him, exactly like Connell behaved with her in school, she helps him make friends and overcome his social anxiety instead. But even during the college years, Connell is never fully freed from fearing his own feelings and the power he has over Marianne. Every time they reach the point of stability, Connell seems to sabotage it. They go from living together as a couple to being friends and having relationships with other people and back again in short periods of time. The only thing that stays constant between them is their desire to stay in touch, to be part of each other's lives. In relationships with other people, both of them seem to struggle. 
they're unable to reach the same intensity of feelings for other people as with each other. By the end of the studies, when they seem to be closer and more secure in their relationship than ever, Connell tells Marianne about being admitted to a creative writing program in New York and being unsure about going if she can't follow him. Despite the fact that Connell means so much to Marianne, in the end, she still lets him go. And most importantly, it seems like she has the ability to let him go solely because being loved by Connell and experiencing a relationship where she is valued and loved became healing for her and gave her a deeper, more confident sense of who she is and what she wants. And what she wanted at that moment was to stay in Ireland and live the life that she was already living. For me, one of the most emotional and significant scenes unfolds when Connell invites Marianne to spend Christmas with his family. Marianne is used to a family environment that is cold and distant, so being part of Connell's warm and affectionate family starkly contrasts with her own, highlighting what she's missed in terms of familial love and having a sense of belonging. Rooney writes, Marianne had the sense that her life was happening somewhere very far away, happening without her, and she didn't know if she would ever find out where it was happening or become part of it. Christmas spent with Connell also sharply contrasts with Marianne's Christmas spent alone in Sweden. However, the bottom line is, by spending Christmas with Connell and his family, Marianne heals the part of herself that struggles to belong. And healing that part is something permanent, something that cannot be taken away from her if she loses Connell. It's just the healing feeling of seeing and realizing that another kind of world and family and love is possible. And sometimes simply knowing that it's possible, experiencing that it's possible, changes everything. Both the TV show and the book beg the questions like, what kind of people would they have been if they had never lived together, if they had never known each other, what kind of lives would they have led? Would Connell have ever discovered his passion for writing if Marianne had not encouraged him to apply for English? Would he ever have dared to believe in his talent if Marianne had not seen it and believed in him first? Would Marianne have ever broken out of her toxic family and believed that she could in fact be loved by another person? They both wonder a lot about this. He would be somewhere else entirely, living a different kind of life. He would be different with women, and his aspirations for love would be different, Marianne thinks. But then again, she would also have been another person completely. All these years, they've been like two little plants sharing the same plot of soil, growing around one another, contorting to make room, taking certain unlikely positions. But in the end, she has done something for him. She made a new life possible and she can always feel good about that. Marianne seems to be submitting to the realities of human relationships and closeness, its beauty and richness, its transforming power, the strangeness of feeling completely under the control of another person, the unavoidable messiness and pain. As she once mentioned, you are not really submitting to someone if you only submit to the things you enjoy. Marianne feels that no one can be independent of other people completely. So maybe it's better to just give up the attempt altogether, go running in the other direction, depend on people for everything, allow them to depend on you. Why not? Her openness, wisdom even, enables her to fully experience all shades of love for Connell, to be able to forgive him over and over again, to make their relationship deeper, and eventually to let him go. After all, most people go through their whole entire lives 
without ever really feeling that close with anyone. During the interviews, Sally Rooney frequently mentions the significance of interdependence among individuals and critiques individualistic culture and approaches to life within the framework of Marxism. I don't I don't believe in the idea of um ind independent people. I don't I don't believe that anyone is independent from anyone because um the more that I think about how our world is structured, we all rely on each other's labor all the time. I mean, for the food we eat, for the clothes that we wear, somebody has to make them, somebody has to farm the food, somebody has to, you know, pick the crops and all of that is happening so that we can have the lives that we have. So part of it is happening for me on that structural level, that it's understanding that my life is sustained by the work of other people all the time. So to to believe in myself as an individual or as, as an independent person, it just seems like delusional. Like I'm not independent. <laughs> independent from what? I mean, I'm, my life is only sustained by my position within all these networks that I belong to, you know, whether I like it or not. The novelist James Baldwin, when speaking about literature and its purpose, writes, you think that your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but then you read. It was books that taught me that the things that tormented me the most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who had ever been alive. I believe Rooney is masterful at connecting the reader to something bigger than them, something universal, through stories about ordinary human experiences and encounters.